Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I think there's still some people coming in, um, but it's wonderful to have you with us. Hope you were greeted well at the door and uh, given the appropriate name badge. My name is uh, Duncan, and I'm very pleased to welcome you here. I have the privilege of serving as pastor in this church, and uh, it's a great joy to gather together to come and to worship the Lord. Today is our monthly family service. So what that means is there's no children's program on today. We're all going to stay here together. And so um, the service will be be a bit shorter than normal. But just to say, don't be anxious at all about any noise. I mean, if you're an adult, you're able to keep well quiet. But uh, kids, don't be anxious about noise. The day that we cease to have the noise of children in our church is a sad, sad day indeed. Everyone is very welcome here. If you really do need to escape, please do feel free to make use of the atrium. Come to our Bible reading now and... What we do in these family services is we, we, we take the junior church teaching program and we bring it into this service. So junior church have been learning about this period in Israel's history when they had their first king, King Saul. And King Saul wasn't a great success. He, um, it, he, he, he more and more showed that he just didn't really know the Lord, didn't understand what it meant to trust in God. And eventually God said, I've rejected you as king, and I'm going to find someone else. And so today, we're going to hear about who that someone else is. And Shirley is going to come and read God's word for us. Thank you. Good morning. The reading today is for the book of uh, 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verses 1 to 13. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice. I will show you what to do then. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord, consecrate consecrate yourself, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by and he said, 
neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen this. Then Samuel said to Jesse, are all your sons here? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose and went to Ramah. Thank you. Okay. Now, when I was at school, um, the thing that boys did, and um, it was just boys in those days, I'm sorry, this is just how it was. What boys did every break time was without exception, they played football. And anytime you play football, you need to have teams. So, how do you decide the teams? What do you think? How do you decide the teams? What's that? And what do they do? They, you choose two people, right? Two team captains, and you say, right, you guys pick. So let's play that game for a minute. Uh, I'm going to need, I mean, at least two team captains. We could go with three. If you're under 12 and you want to be a team captain, you come on up here. Good stuff, James. You're on it. Maisie, okay? Okay, Sam, it's over to you. You're, you've changed your mind. There's a, there's, a, there's a space at the front, guys. Oh, well. Two it is. Two it is. Okay. You've got to think about this. So look out. Take a good look at everybody here. Let's start with an easy one. Oh, here we go. Three team captains. Perfect. So here's the game we're playing. We're putting together a football team. Okay? Here's who you've got to pick from. James, you were first up here. You get first pick. Who would you pick to have on your team? Dad. Oh, your dad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, this could be a short game. Let's see. Samuel, who would you pick on your team for Archie. football? Archie. Oh, wow. Good job. Callum, who would you pick on your team? Ben. Now, I know Ben is a very good footballer, actually, so that's a good choice. Okay. Um, how, did you, how did you make those choices? Because you know that they're good footballers? Not sure. Not sure. Oh, that's nice. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to need to have a different criteria. We need to have different reasons for choosing people this time, okay? Right, here's what we're doing this time. So we're not having a football team this time. We're putting together a music band, okay? We'll go the other way this time. Callum, you get first pick. Who would you choose out of all of these people to have in your team? He <laughs> would choose his mum. That's good. Samuel, who would you have in your team for music? Not sure. Not sure? What kind of person do you think you would want to have? 
in a band? Someone who could play a musical instrument, maybe? Do we know anyone who could do that? You got any ideas, James? Who would you choose? Didn't I say this your guy. father? Oh, the shark. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's try one more team. We're going to do one more team. This time, we've got to get together a team to, to do a quiz. So you need people who are smart, okay? Samuel, you get to go first. Who would you choose? Out of all of these people, who would you choose to have in your team? You need Archie. Archie? <laughs> he is smart. James, who would you choose? Avril. Avril. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> now we're getting somewhere. Callum, who would you choose? Ben. Ben. <laughs> okay, thank you, team. That was good. That was very helpful. Um, thank you. you. You can head back. You can head back, guys. i tell you what happened. When I was at school and they picked the teams... They would obviously, they would pick the guys who were good at football first. And uh, actually the system requires that you do that. Like if you just do it at random, you end up with mismatched teams. And the rest of us were picked somewhere down at the bottom. But I can remember there were some new kids had arrived in the class. And out of generosity, they said, well, hey, why don't you guys be team captains? You can have the picks. But of course, they didn't know anything about any of the other people. And so I can remember this was the one and only time in my life and someone said, uh, that guy. And it was me, he picked me first. And there was like a, there was this groan around the... <laughs> because it was a surprising choice. And you can decide yourself if there were any surprising choices in what we saw today. But here's the amazing thing. God, in 1 Samuel 16, makes a surprising choice. And it's doubly surprising because it's not that God doesn't know what this king that he's choosing is like. He already knows everything about him and still chooses the one who is not the tallest, not the strongest, not the mightiest. He chooses someone very different. So who is this king? Um, Jesse brings each of his seven oldest sons in front of Samuel, and, and it's, it's this idea that Samuel stands there, and the first one comes, and he says, no, it's not him, no, it's not him. And seven times, they're all dismissed, it's not him. And Samuel says, do you have any other sons? And I don't know if you noticed this, this is how Jesse answers him, and he says, of his eighth and youngest son, he says, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And that word behold, it seems a little strange to us, doesn't it? It, it? it may have the idea of him saying, I mean, you won't want to see him. I mean, he's out with the sheep, so it could be, I mean, how, how will we track him down? We're not even exactly sure where he is. Or it could be, he's out with the sheep and he stinks like a sheep. We don't really want to bring him in. But Samuel knows that the new king is here, and so he sends for him. And up to this point in the story, we've not been told his name. And so in comes the eighth son. And again, perhaps rather confusingly, we're told that he was ruddy, <laughs> um, which um, in English means he had a, a, something like a healthy pinkish hue to him. Um, but I don't think in the original that's necessarily what it's getting at. Um, 
It does mean he was a picture of health. I think that's probably what we could say. We're told he had beautiful eyes and he was handsome. Ruddy, beautiful eyes and handsome. This is not my autobiography, I assure you. Um, But he also stank of sheep. And I would say, don't you think when you read that, he, he looked healthy, he had beautiful eyes and he was handsome. You need more than that to be a king, don't you? You need more than that to be a king. Well, it's here that God speaks to Samuel. As soon as the boy arrives, he says, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. And so Samuel pours oil on his head, and it says, the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And there he's named for the first time. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. This was God's surprising choice, but this was God's man. And this seeming smallness and weakness of David is replaced with what? The Spirit of God rushing upon him. A day would come when another man would appear on the scene of Israel's history He was weak in many ways. He was not from the right part of the country. He did not have a recognized education. He didn't come from a powerful family. No, he came from, as we've been singing, the squalor of a borrowed stable. And yet one day, one of God's prophets saw this weak man coming, and he shouted, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He was telling anyone who would listen that God's promised rescuer, God's great promised king had come. And to look at him, there was nothing special to see. But that's what Jesus was like. In a way, God's surprising choice. When Jesus was baptized, we're told that the Holy Spirit descended upon him from heaven and the voice of God was heard saying, this is my beloved son, with him I am well pleased. It might have been a surprising way for God's son to appear, but this was God's surprising choice. And that's not even the most surprising bit of it, because this promised king was rejected. This promised king was nailed to a cross to die. This promised king never looked so weak as when he bled and died on a cross. But it was through that weakness that God was actually winning the greatest battle of all, the battle against sin and death and the devil. And Jesus won that battle. And we can be sure of that because Jesus was raised back to life on the third day, so that all who come to him can find forgiveness of sins, can find the gift of eternal life. And when we do come to him, we find that we are now God's surprising choice. Because why would God choose to save someone like me? My heart is not good, just like we were thinking about earlier. I don't do the things that mean I'll rejoice in the Lord always. But God has sent His Son to deal with my heart. He comes to us and He says, come 
believe in me, see past the surprising ordinariness, and see that my life, my death, my resurrection were for you and are yours through faith in me. And here is the great promise that comes, that God will give us a new heart with new desires that will set our life in a new direction. And He does that by giving us His Holy Spirit. Just as we read on how the Spirit came upon David, well, actually in an even deeper way, God's Holy Spirit comes to those who trust in Jesus and comes to live in them, to give them that new heart and those new desires. This is what it is to see what God sees, that it's our heart that is the most important part of us. It needs to be made new by trusting in Jesus, and we need to guard it by keeping on coming to Jesus and worshiping Him.